Talk a little bit about what that bill does and why protecting community care uh, helps veterans get the health care that they've earned. Well, to give you a benefit that you don't get to use, it's like, it's worthless, right? So what this does is, you know, is make sure you have access, real, real access uh, to health care, especially mental health care. I mean, and one, one of the issues we all deal with is the fact that so many of our friends and family need some, uh, they have some mental issues and they need some help. It doesn't mean they're not going to be functional, but they might need some help. And so we have a lot of good um, benefits in, uh, in this country, especially for our military. But if you don't know you have, you have that access, uh, or you don't really have access because there's not enough providers, then it, you, you didn't give people anything. And so uh, my focus is make sure people actually have real, have opportunity to get healthcare and then do everything I can to make sure they get it if they need it. Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of American Potential. You know, Veterans Day is this Saturday, and it's a time for Americans to reflect on the commitment that our veterans demonstrate, including those who continue to serve their nation as an elected representative in Congress. Now, today's guest grew up in the Midwest, and after high school and a year of community college, he joined the Navy, where he served on the USS Glover. After serving in the Navy, he graduated with a law degree, and while working for the biggest law firm in Dallas, he represented healthcare companies. During this time, he saw how the industry could be improved by lowering costs and having better outcomes for patients. Now, this became his focus starting in 1987, and he was able to make those improvements. But in 2010, he decided to serve once again, but this time as Florida's governor, and now as a United States senator. His focus while serving has been to work towards limiting government, lowering taxes, and economic opportunity. Throughout his service in the Senate, he has championed a wide range of initiatives aimed at improving the lives of veterans, from accessing quality health care to expanding educational and job opportunities. I want to welcome Florida Senator Rick Scott to the podcast. It's always great to be with you. Yeah, so we're talking about and honoring members of Congress, uh, United States Senators, who also served their country in the military. Growing up, did you ever think you were going to join the military? I always assumed I was going to join the, the military. My uh, my adopted dad um, was a Second World War war hero. He was one of 3,000 men that jumped all four jumps with the 82nd Airborne and survived it and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. So I was always proud of him and always looked up to him. So I always, I always figured I'd serve in, in uh, the military. Well, that's wonderful. And, uh, you know, to have a, a role model like that, obviously, you probably didn't have much of a choice but to serve your country, I'm sure. Uh, why did you decide to join the Navy? Well, my dad told me how bad the um, foxholes were, the foods were, and the Germans. So I figured out on a ship I wouldn't have any of those three things. <laughs> That's similar. My dad uh, served in the U.S. Navy in the Pacific Theater in World War II, and he told me that very same thing, that he, he knew he wouldn't be in a foxhole, wake up in a foxhole, and at least he'd have a bed. So uh, yeah. talk a little bit about your role on the USS Glover and your time in the Navy. 
Well, I joined it when I was 18 years old. Uh, what do you think they paid me a month if I joined? 140 oh, boy. Oh, wow. Oh, um, that's depressing, so, actually. <laughs> so I went to um, uh, I went to boot camp up in on, uh, North Chicago, Great Lakes. It was cold. I don't like cold. Uh, then I went to radar school, uh, up in Great Lakes. It was cold. Uh, then I, I uh, was shipped my I went to my ship. I got married between radar school and my ship. Uh, so did everything wrong. I got married at 19. I married the most wonderful person. So we've been married since then. Uh, I had a great time in the service. I was a, um, I was called a operations specialist. So what it was, what I really did was do radar and did I swab the decks, I cleaned the latrines, and I served um, domestics. So, uh, so I, I did that a lot. It all was good, good experience for life. Sure, sure. How and what kind of ship was the USS Glover? It was a uh, 1040 class destroyer escort, 415 feet long, about 200 enlisted, 13 officers. And we had three types of sonar. Um, we had uh, surface uh, air and uh, so, and we had electronic warfare. So then we had two five inch 38s. Um, so we had, you know, we had a variety of um, ways to, to shoot at people. Yeah. Uh, after serving. Well, after, um, well, tell me, actually, I'd love to hear like some of your, uh, some of the moments that you remember most about your service, you know, either just the camaraderie with uh, the, the, the fellow sailors or would love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I remember the first day, first day of boot camp, they started screaming at all of us getting next to the bulkhead. Not one of us knew what a bulkhead was. Uh, so that was, <laughs> that was fun. Uh, and the, um, but I learned, you know, I, you know, I, I, uh, I was responsible for, um, I was, I was good at math. So I was, I was the, I was the, uh, person responsible for and when we were steaming with a sub or with other ships to get people on station where they should be. So that was that was interesting. Uh, I learned a lot about, um, you know, how to work with other people and meet people from different walks of life. Uh, so I was I was I was a kid grew up in the Midwest and there are a lot of people from the coast. So that was a great it was a great experience. We so I, I think I went to, I don't know, 30 ports while I was in the service. And so I got meet, met people from all over the world. It was a great, it was just the greatest experience. I, I imagine that there's a lot that you learned in the military that then you went on to apply in, in your business career. And then, of course, being a governor and being a United States senator. What, did, what are some of the things that you learned that you think helped you along the way? Well, talk to people, learn how to work with others is probably the biggest thing. Understand there's a reason why you have a chain of command. Um, and be results oriented. The other thing about uh, the Navy is it's a it's a process driven organization, which actually pays off in life. Uh, the more process driven you are, it, it pays off. So those are those are a lot of it. But a lot of it is learn how to work with people that you know uh, that have a completely different background than you have. So after you served uh, in the military, you went on to have a success, successful business career, but then you decided to run for governor in Florida and, and was, was a very successful governor. Then for the United States Senator, what made, uh, what made you want to run for office? Well, he, here's my background. I grew up, um, I was born to a single mom. I have an adopted father and we lived in public housing and I watched my parents struggle for jobs. If you go back to 2010 around the country, but especially in Florida, there are no jobs. And so I feel sorry for people. I, I, I know the most important thing you can do for somebody is provide them a job. 
make them self-sufficient. I don't meet people that say, oh, I want to live in public housing. I want to be unemployed and all those things. I meet people that want to do something with their life. So, so I ran because I believed I could turn the state of Florida around. In 2010, people forget in Florida, we had lost, we were losing people. We had lost uh, 832,000 jobs in four years. We had 1.1 million homes in foreclosure. The economy was horrible. And I just ran on, I was going to get people back to work. And so I was fortunate enough to win. And that's what we did. We got people back to work. And then I, I guess I would say what lessons, you know, from the Navy maybe had the biggest impact on on your life as a public servant? Um, well, I remember <laughs> I remember when I was getting out, there was a very difficult time to get a job. Um, and so I put a lot of effort into helping veterans get work. I remember when I got elected before I was even sworn in, I went and visited some National Guard members that were coming back from serving overseas and about 30 percent of them didn't have a job. And so I learned how, you know, that it's very, dev it's, that's devastating to a, a person. And so we put a lot of effort into making sure our veterans got jobs. And within a couple of years, our veteran unemployment was lower than our, our overall unemployment. So I think that, um, and just listen to people probably, um, those are, you know, a lot of it is in this job and my job as governor in this, it's really to listen to people and try to solve their problems. Um, so I'm really proud, like, Right now, I'm really proud. We have we have nine offices in Florida, and the team, the people that run that, it's not me, it's what they do, but they won for the best constituent services team of any Senate member and any House member last year. And they do everything from immigration to Medicare to Medicaid to Social Security to VA benefits, all sorts of things. And so they just do a great job of listening to people and trying to solve their problem. Uh, I, I worked on Capitol Hill and uh, did military issues for a member of the House. And I kind of re remember thinking back now, probably the things I enjoyed the most were being able to help uh, members of the military, kind of individually help them in their in their cases. I'm sure that you find that uh, a, a, an enjoyable part of your job is is to be able to help those who serve. Well, you, you know, absolutely. First off, when I was governor, I created a new uh, medal. And um, it was a it was a governor's governor's um, veteran service award, and we handed out individually. My wife and I did fourteen thousand five hundred medals to veterans because a lot of our veterans, especially our Korean War veterans and our Vietnam War veterans, had never been thanked because they were not popular wars. Especially Vietnam was very unpopular. Um, in this role, you know, our veterans are individuals that want they're more givers than takers, and so a lot of them. They need support, but they don't know how to ask for it or not used to asking for it. So it makes you feel really good if you're able to get somebody their VA benefits or work through the process to make sure they get the right medical care. How about uh, just the issues that you choose to work on? I'm sure that uh, your time in the military has influenced uh, the way you see it. Do you Maybe do you see it differently than some of the colleagues uh, who who didn't serve in the military, having having been a, a, a member yourself of the military? Well, I can, I can, I can tell you, I, I really, um, really, my heart goes out to people, especially when they join up and they're just, you know, um, they don't, you know, the, you don't make a lot of money and you're trying to make ends meet. And it's a, it's also just a time where a lot changes in your life anyway. Um, so you, what you try to do is create, try to help them make sure they're getting the pay and the benefits they deserve. And then we're, then we're, we've been working a lot on how do you help them when they get out? Uh, it's very difficult to 
Um, there's a, a process to do that. Make, you know, so it just, you trust trying to help their families while they're serving and when they get out. So we, we put a lot of effort into housing issues for our veteran, or for our, our military members, um, a lot of veterans benefits. But a lot of it is not just get the benefit, but how do you have access to the benefit? Because a lot of veterans don't know the benefits that we have. So I'm very appreciative. Uh, in my case, the biggest veteran benefit that helped me was the GI Bill. Uh, and it's a totally different than the GI Bill today, but it was very helpful for me to get my the education I needed to get ahead. As you uh, as you talk to members of the military, how is the uh, with this new operations tempo? I'm sure it's a lot different today than it was. Deployments are uh, seems like more often and sometimes longer today than they were many years ago. H- how's the how do you find that the military is holding holding up uh, under that strain? Well, the, the positive is that it's a group of people that want to serve our country and they really believe in the freedom of our country. Um, the difficulty for them is, you know, they're gone, all right? And we all want to be part of our family's life. You know, we, we, there's a reason we got married, if we did, and there's a reason we have kids, and so we want to be part of that. Um, so you, you feel sorry for them when they're, when they're deployed for long periods of time. The positive now is with cell phones and, and FaceTime and things like that, you know, they, they have better access. The only thing my wife and I could do is we each wrote a letter to each other each day, uh, and then we would read them in the, in the order that we got them, so we'd have something to read every day. Um, so any any free time I had, I I, uh, I wrote a long letter to my wife every day uh, when when I was out to sea, uh, because when I was in, um, I was out to sea, you know, uh, way more than the majority of the time I was on active duty. So uh, so you just you just think about things like that, and you know what people are going through, and you listen to their issues and try to solve them. I hope that you saved all those letters. Those would be pretty, uh, pretty important pieces of history for your family later down the road. We didn't. I don't know if my wife did, but she hasn't suggested she did. Um, so, <laughs> but it would be fun to go back. You know, and you know, I've been blessed. I married a wonderful person, and we've both grown up because we're, you know, we we're 19, or 19 years old when we got married. I think about that sometimes, uh, thinking how foolish we were, but it all worked out, and and all the all the things we've gone through, and. You know, she's been a great trooper to allow me to try some of these things like run for governor and run for Senate, which sometimes is not the most thankful thing for the spouse. Yeah. Well, you know, thinking about your story and, uh, you know, where you came from and, uh, you know, it's it's really a pretty inspiring story. Uh, you know, the service in the military, but even even, you know, your your early life. Uh, I, I think that's what's so great about America, right, is we all can can. Rise. I mean, for someone like you to become the governor of of the great state of Florida and then a United States senator. I mean, speak to that a little bit. Maybe there are people out there, someone serving in the military right now who thinks, man, what am I doing? I'm just dusty and dirty on the middle of an aircraft carrier out in the ocean somewhere. But I mean, this really means something. And hopefully they will turn into uh, something great in their life, too. Well, one of them is eventually going to be a governor or a senator or a president or a business owner or something, and they're going to have impact. They're going to have the ability to impact other people's lives. You know, what I really think about, you know, what the reason I do this is that I really do believe the country I grew up in was an unbelievable place where a mom with no money could tell her kid that you have no limitations. You can be anything you want to be. It's, you know, it depends on how hard you want to work. 
And if you're going to, if you're willing to take responsibility for all your actions, you can do anything you want. And I think that's a hell of a country to live in. And if that's true, it's a, it's a great place for every family in this country and what people can, can tell their kids and what the, you know, it's just, a, it's a great place. And that's, so that's what I do. And that's what I work on every day. And so, and, but, and so a part of it is to make sure you respect and uh, our military for what they do. They defend the freedom. So we all get to enjoy. Yeah, they do. And we, we, their freedoms. I often talk on this podcast about how we take those freedoms for granted. You know, we, uh, freedom, I know you were in the healthcare industry. I always kind of compare freedom and liberty to, to our health. As long as we have good health, we don't really think about it. But the moment you, you, you have a, a health scare, it, you start getting very concerned and it's very precious to you. And I think freedom and liberty is a lot like that. I think we take it for granted all too often. And those men and women of the military are out defending that every day, aren't they? Yeah, you, you're, you know, you're right. We, we take so much stuff for granted until it's taken away, uh, until it's at risk. And so we've got we've to really, really appreciate people that are going to defend this stuff. Because uh, I want to live in a free place where I get to, you know, go make my own ma- mistakes and go try to try things. I don't want somebody to dictate my life. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I love my mom. I didn't like her telling me what to do. And so I think that's how <laughs> most people think, right? We all love our families, but we like to really make our own choices and make our own mistakes. Sure. Uh, you, we talked about veterans healthcare a little bit. You helped introduce the Protecting Veteran Community Care Act. Talk a little bit about what that bill does and why protecting community care uh, helps veterans get the health care that they've earned. Well, to give you a benefit that you don't get to use is like it's worthless, right? And so, so what this does is you know is make sure you have access, really real access uh, to health care, especially mental health care. I mean, and one one of the issues we all deal with is the fact that so many. Our friends and family need some, uh, they have some mental issues and they need some help. It doesn't mean they're not going to be functional, but they might need some help. And so we have a lot of good um, benefits in, the, uh, in this country, especially for our military. But if you don't know you have, you have that access uh, or you don't really have access because there's not enough providers, then it, you, you didn't give people anything. And so uh, my focus is make sure people actually have real have opportunity to get health care and then do everything I can to make sure they get it if they need it. You know, we've really seen over the last few years, the Veterans Administration, I think, trying to stifle uh, community care and, and focus more on people getting delivered, uh, care delivered through the VA healthcare system. Any thoughts on that? To me, that's that's such a shame. We want veterans to be able to go to the VA Senate health center if they want to, but if they choose to go get community care, uh, you know, Americans for Prosperity and Concerned Veterans for America believe they ought to have that right. Your thoughts on protecting that and and really fighting for that right? Well, first off, you know, you shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't have a limitation um, of what where you can get your care. Two, if you do have choices, you're, you know, you might not be perfect, but the odds are you're going to put a lot of research in it and find the best people. And, and then third, you're going to make everybody better because you'll have the ability to hold them accountable. If you have to go one place, then, you know, then they, don't, they don't have to worry about you because you're, you're stuck with them. But if you have choice, then they're going to have to constantly improve what they're doing or you're not going to show up. So it makes all, that, all of it much better, higher quality, better service and better price. 
And it's so important. I, I think of what a shame it is that we treat veterans the way we do. Those are those are healthcare benefits that they earned. Um, and I, in my view, they fought for us and they earned that choice as well to decide where they want to get that care. It's it, it's it's a lot like kind of K through twelve education. You should be able to choose where you go, and uh, the veterans should choose that, not the system. Thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. And um, and you look, everybody's better off. You know, the, whoever the provider is is going to have to get better. That's good for them. Um, if you're wanting care, you know, you, you, you ought to have options and you'll and you're smart. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, Senator, I want to thank you both for joining us today. But but most importantly, thank you for your service to our country, both in the U.S. Navy but also as the governor of the great state of Florida and uh, in the United States Senate. Thanks for all you do and for being a great policy champion uh, for Americans for Prosperity as well. Well, I want to thank Americans for Prosperity for what Jerry's do. You're, you're trying every day to, to make this a better country where everybody has the chance to live the dream of this country. So thank you for what you do each and every day. So great to have a policy champion like Senator Rick Scott joining us here on the podcast uh, great to see people who serve their community, but then also want to serve their country in another way uh, by serving in the military and then follow all of that service with service in the United States Congress. So thanks to uh, Senator Rick Scott for joining us and for being such a great policy champion. Remember, liberty and freedom, they're easily taken for granted. Don't take it for granted. Go out, defend liberty and freedom. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.